Coffee Breakers, welcome to episode four of Coffee Break with Carlos Michael, the podcast, which we are changing to just Coffee Break Short Break. Last week, it must have been my weekend for deep thinking because I was doing a lot of that over the weekend. Deep thinking, that is. As a result of all that thinking and not to mention a telephone conversation I had with an amazing friend, I concluded among several things that I need to make some changes in my life. What are those changes? Well, first, I need to begin by changing certain things about myself. I won't go into details, but I need to make those changes. Second, I need to let go of the baggage I've been carrying within me for (laughs) all these years. Just too long. Let it go. Third, I need to stop trying to save the world. It's already been saved by someone far, far, far greater than me. Fourth, I need to stop shouldering the weight of the world on my shoulders and just learn to let others in and help, including the Holy Spirit. Fifth, I need to stop apologizing for who I am or what I like or how I do things. I mean, please, (laughs) they are unique to me insofar as they are part of who I am and that should be good enough for me. Sixth, I need to stop measuring and comparing myself to every Tom, Dick, Harry, Sally, or Susie whom I perceive as being more successful or holier, better looking, more talented, etc. than me. I mean, seriously, how many people can be as poor materially and financially as I am and still have the kind of joy in their heart that I have in mine? Seventh, I need to stop looking at what I don't have and appreciate what I do have, such as this amazingly terrific gig, awesome long-time friendships, great memories, and experience that only I can talk about because they happened to me. Eighth, I need to stop feeling sorry for myself and give glory to God for the roof over my head, the clothes on my back, the, the people who love me, and for allowing me to do what I enjoy most, besides talking, in this podcast, blog, or video blog, which is to, and uh, writing, I might add, which is to motivate, educate, empower, and entertain, mostly entertain. Ninth, I need to stop talking about what I want to do and just start doing what I need to do. And tenth, I need to listen to my own advice. Let's talk about that and other things after the break. But first, let's give glory to God for our time together and let's coffee break. Hi, welcome back. Let's begin this show with our disclaimer, which is all views expressed on this podcast, website, video blog, or blogs are my own and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever other than me, which I have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Now that we have that established, let's move on with today's topic. While baby boomers remain the target audience for this show, I have decided to change the direction, name, and format of the show. 
Rather than focus on the differences between baby boomers and their generational counterparts, not exactly what I would consider my finest work, I have decided to focus on topics that tie into the mission, which is to motivate, educate, empower, and entertain. That means I will cover a variety of topics that range from movie, book, and television reviews, personal commentary on articles I have read, or posts I have seen on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, selected entries from my personal journal, short stories, faith-based topics such as what we're talking about today, personal life journey experiences, and more. It makes sense to me to talk about topics that I do not know actually what I meant to say, to talk about topics that I do know rather than to discuss topics that I think I know, which I will do right after the break. Oh, one last thing, as I said, I'm changing the name of the show from Coffee Break with Carlos Michael, the podcast, to Coffee Break Short Break. That is, if that's okay with you. If you like the title as it is, I'll leave it that way too. But you have to write and let me know, okay? Send me an email. Welcome back. Today's topic comes from a January 4, 2021 Carlos Michael Online Journal entry titled Wonder Woman 1984. Hello friends, happy first week of the new year 2021. I pray that you had a nice weekend. My weekend, which began on Friday, was a mixture of mass, prayer, reflection, dining out, shopping, spending time with my son Matthew, watching football with Mr. Man, blogging, uploading a video blog, episode number one, coffee break with Carlos Michael, watching movies, and completing chores around the house. Whew! Speaking of movies, I had the opportunity to watch a movie with my son Matthew on Mr. Man Sunday afternoon titled Wonder Woman 1984, which we watched on HBO Max. According to Christy Lemire, December 21, 2020, co-host of the YouTube film review show titled What the Flick, I love that title, who wrote on the RogerEber.com website. It, Wonder Woman 1984, is an indictment of greed, of our entitled desire to have what we want, and have it now. The story takes place at the height of Reagan-era conspicuous consumption, hence the title. But the point WW84 is making about the destructive nature of avarice is certainly relevant today. She got that part right. By the way, avarice basically means an excessive or insatiable desire for wealth or gain. The film stars Gal Gadot, the beautiful statuesque Israeli talent who stars in the role of Wonder Woman and who works opposite of Chris Pine, who is the son of actor Robert Pine, who is best known for his role on the television series Chips. Chris Pine plays Diana's love interest, Steve Trevor. Not wanting to give anything away, just in case you have yet to watch the film, I would have to say that it was the beginning and the end of the film following the credits that saved this film as far as I am concerned. What was even more poignant about the film was the conversation about the truth that Diana's mother Hippolyta has with the young Diana at the beginning of the film. I don't know if I pronounced her name correctly. With respect to the truth, I am not exactly certain which truth Hippolyta was referring to unless she was speaking about the importance of being true to ourselves. However, I could not help but think of the truth as spoken by Jesus to Thomas in John 14, verse 5 through 6. 
Thomas said to Jesus, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, You dork! No, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Regardless of the intention of the scriptwriter in that portion, or scriptwriters in that portion of the film, I thought it to be the most important aspect of the film, spiritually, which is the truth will set you free. So, on a scale of 1 to 10 reels, with 10 being best, that's reels as an R-E-E-L-S, I give the opening and closing segments following the credits of this film, nine reels. As for the remaining portion of the film, I give it five reels. Here is a footnote for you movie trivia buffs. According to my BFF, Brother G out in California, Princess Diana's father is Zeus. Yes, that dude, Zeus the God. The same Zeus who sired Hercules, which means that Hercules and Diana or have brother and sister, which explains a lot about why Diana is like as powerful as Superman. Cool beans. As I was searching online for the John 14 verse 5, 6 scripture reference to truth, I also came across the following scripture passage in John 14 verse 1 through 3, where Jesus talks about having faith in him as we do the Father and the dwelling places that have been prepared for us. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God? Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If they were not, would I have told you that I'm coming to prepare a place for you? Actually, he said he's going to prepare a place for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am you may also be. Whew, that gives me God bumps. Reading this passage gave me real pause to stop and reflect on what the Lord is saying in that passage. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Have faith in God. Have faith in me. Would I have said it if it were not so? I will prepare a place for you. I will come back again and get you. Dudes and dudettes, what I found most striking about the words Jesus used in that scripture passage is his admonition, if that is the correct word to use in this case, for us not to be afraid and to trust in him as we trust in the Father. Have faith in me, Jesus said. Would I have said it if it were not so, he also said. I can't help but look at Jesus in the way a child looks at his father or an older sibling. When I'm afraid or questioning. There's a certain type of trust that only a child can have that tells them everything is going to be all right because dad or big brother or sister said it would be. How much more is that truth true if not the truth that is spoken by the Lord himself and is backed by the whole of heaven? In other words, if Jesus says it is so, then I believe it is so period. End of the story. So, let's put our faith into action. Lord Jesus, please show us the way. Amen. Here's a quote for you from me from 2007. My greatest error in life, my sin of ignorance, was believing that God could not love someone like me. That was my greatest sin, and I was a fool to believe it. I don't 
know if believing God could not love someone like me is my greatest sin. Perhaps if I were to write out a list, there would be other sins that may be far greater a sin than believing that God could not love a dork like me. I pray that I did not commit the unforgivable sin. I'm not certain of all the ignorant acts or beliefs I committed or held during my life journey that this is not the greatest of them. I would defer judgment to the Almighty. All I know is that I had no right to believe that God could not love a dork like me. No more than I had the right to judge myself. For as you judge, so shall you be judged. Matthew 7 verse 2. So, today I'm going to choose to believe Christ and will, as I said, leave all the judgment to the Father. Welcome back, Coffee Breakers. Let's take a challenge that will help the poor and less fortunate in our neighborhoods, churches, and communities. I would take it as a personal kindness if you would participate in this challenge. I want to challenge all of us to take part in the 2021 Closet Challenge by going through our closets, bureaus, dressers, basements, attics, sheds, and storage units. I want you to pull everything that you are no longer using or wearing and donate those items to a local charity such as Goodwill Industries or Catholic Charities who have programs in place that assist the poor in our communities. One idea that I saw posted on the Nextdoor app was a suggestion someone made to gather up a box of gently used clothing that they no longer needed and post a notification on a site such as Nextdoor that they would gladly donate the contents of the box to someone in need. What a terrific idea! So, dudes and dudettes, let's clean out those closets and whatnot and do what we can to assist the less fortunate in our neighborhoods and communities. Also, when you take that next trip to the grocery store, buy some extra cans of food that you can donate to a, a, a local church or program that assists support with food distribution. Together, we can make a difference for our neighbors. Following the break, I will discuss the topic of spiritual hospitality or the lack thereof. Stay with us. Welcome back. One of the first rules of hospitality, as far as I am concerned, is awareness. Awareness is defined by Google Dictionary 2021 as having concern about or well-informed interest in a particular situation or development. For example, having a growing environmental awareness. While what I'm about to say may, may not be true of all faiths or houses of worship, it certainly has been true with some that I have been personally connected with, past and present. 
For the record, this is by no means a complaint or an indictment against any religious institution. I would have to describe it more as an accidental mishap that often falls through the cracks. It isn't high on the list of priorities, but I also do not believe it is intentional. What I am talking about is spiritual hospitality, or the lack thereof. Hospitality is defined by Google Dictionary 2021 as the relationship that exists between a guest and the host. Although I would stop short of referring to myself as a hospitality expert, if there is one skill that I have developed over the years, okay, maybe two, and excelled in, if I may, it is in hospitality and building personal relationships that last long after the season has concluded. Now, by spiritual, I'm using the word loosely to imply how a church or the staff and volunteers who act as the service arm of said institution sometimes respond, or in this case, fail to respond to those guests, also known as parishioners, who have missed several liturgies or services, but went largely unnoticed. Oops! Generally, this oversight, in my opinion, is caused by having an insufficient number of staff or volunteers on hand or due to a lack of awareness of who has and who has not attended services or liturgy for any definitive amount of time, usually three to four weeks in my estimation. Guests, congregants, or parishioners who typically are not social butterflies or not particularly on anyone's radar are the ones who generally fall through the cracks. I believe that has more to do with being unaware on the part of the institution and not doing more to be an active member of the community on the part of the guest or parishioner. Of course, it should never be the job of the pastor, priest, or minister to head the ministry of hospitality. Lord knows they have many other obligations they have to juggle every day. However, that does not mean that a small group of parishioners on a volunteer basis and who have experience with hospitality and customer service cannot form a ministry of hospitality that does, among other hospitality service-related tasks, to notice who is and who is not attending services or liturgy and then follow up by reaching out to those members of the parish community to make certain that all is well. You have heard it said about a smile, that sometimes all it takes is something as simple as a smile to brighten someone's day. Had someone reached out to me 20 years ago when I stopped attending Mass, it quite possibly would have made the difference between going MIA, missing in action, for all those years or being present at worship. People want to know that people care. It's that simple, folks. If there isn't a ministry of hospitality in your parish or church, then I believe we owe it to God and our neighbors to speak with our pastor or parish council or parish community about establishing such a service that is comprised completely of volunteers with maybe a paid director if possible. No soul, no soul should become lost because we failed to notice that they were gone. Speaking of souls, I had an opportunity on Sunday last to watch the 2020 animated feature Soul by Disney and Pixar Animation. According to Google 2021, Joe Gardner, who is voiced by Jamie Foxx, is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz and he's good, but when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have a soul. 
or to have so. So, on a scale of 1 to 10 reels, I would give a soul 8 reels. I found it both very entertaining, humorous, and purpose-driven insofar as it had a message, a rather poignant message, although perhaps it was not the intended message, if at all. The message for me in this film is that life, looking at the bigger picture, isn't just about me, but about others whom the Father Creator uses through me to maybe give them the extra push they need, such as what I did, uh, what a dear friend did for me recently, in order to move forward and accomplish in life what they were meant to do, not to take life for granted, to think of others, and to live each and every moment that is blessed to us. According to Paul Asay of PluggedIn.com, soul strives to help us remember that life itself is a blessing, even when it does not go as we planned. Boom shakalaka! Dude hit the nail on the head. Thanks, Paul. If you would like to preview a trailer of Soul or read Paul Asay's review of the film, you will find links to both on our website, www.com iCoffeeBreakWithCarlosMichael.com, all lowercase, and clicking on the Links and Resources tab located near the top of the page. One of the things I like to do among several, which is more of a thing than something someone might consider productive, is to read questions on the Kiora.com website. Have you ever visited that site? I kid you not. Some of the questions people ask causes me to ask myself, uh, did you really just ask that question? or? Dude, really? Or are you even a real person? <laughs> Way out in left field questions notwithstanding. Every now and again, someone will ask a question that causes me to click and read because I am curious. Okay, maybe more like nosy about how someone will respond. Here is one such question which I saw in my email inbox on Monday, June 7th. I don't know who asked the question, but it is the response more than the question that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Okay, so here is the question. What is the creepiest thing you have encountered while alone in the woods during the day? Here's what Tom G. responded on May 21st, 2020, which tells me this question was originally posted to the QRR site in 2020. Here's what Tom says. When I was 13 in 1971, I was not alone, but with my friend Rudy. We lived adjacent to the woods, so we would explore and play in the woods often. As we walked, Rudy stopped and said, look, there's a man over there looking at us. I looked and saw what appeared to be a very tall man facing us. We decided to walk over and say hello, and as we approached, we noticed his feet were not touching the ground. He was hanging. Spooked, we ran all the way home and authorities were called. Yes, indeed. The fellow had hung himself. I mean, I tell you what, friends. Can you imagine finding a body in the woods while you are exploring with a friend hanging from a tree? Thank you, but no thank you. Having seen something like that would have caused me all manner of mental illness from that point on. <laughs> but, all kidding aside, whoever the individual was who hung himself, I pray that the authorities were able to locate his next of kin and that he was given a proper Christian burial, whoever he is. May his soul rest in peace. Here is a question I received from Anonymous of Palm Springs, California. Anonymous wants to know, Hey, Carlos, I'm a loving your podcast. 
Like you, I love hearing stories about how other people lived their lives, the events they experienced, the people they met, the places they worked, the family they grew up in, etc. Man, I have a lot of questions swirling in my mind that in my mind that I would like to ask you, but let's start with this one in the area of fashion. As a baby boomer, which would you say was your faux-paw fashion experience? That's faux-paw spelled F-A-U-X space P-A-S. Hey there, Anonymous of Palm Springs, California. Great question. Thank you for listening to the podcast. First, let me begin by explaining to our listeners what faux-paw means. According to Google 2021, faux-paw is defined as an embarrassing or tactless act or remark that is made in a social situation. One example of a faux-paw was Janet Jackson's Super Bowl incident in 2004. Ooh, can someone please pass the jelly? I mean, it does not get any worse than that in public, unless you are unfortunate enough to have a toilet paper dragging from your behind like a tail. <laughs> To your question, Anonymous, my baby boomer fashion faux-paw were leisure suits and bell-bottom pants. Ooh! As certain siblings in my family are prone to say with respect to an embarrassing situation, Mama Doo! <laughs> that is one experience that I can honestly say that I am glad is in the past where it belongs. I really liked your question, Anonymous. Please feel free to ask as many questions as you would like. If any of you listeners would like to ask a question that can be answered on the air, please feel free to email yours truly at carlosmichaelcommunications at gmail.com, all lowercase. I will do my best to respond to your email and answer your question on the air. Say, I would like to wish my baby sister a happy belated birthday. Her birthday was on June 6th. I love you, sis. This one is for you. Happy birthday. Well, friends, we have reached the end of today's show. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to getting together with you next week. Remember to love God. Be a good neighbor, especially to those who aren't always so kind to you. I know it's not easy to do, but do it anyway. Pray for those who are most in need of prayer. Learn something new. Go on an adventure. Write a letter, be it snail mail or email to a friend or loved one. Visit the elderly. Check on your neighbor, help the poor, and strive always to be a better person today than you were yesterday. And if tomorrow comes for you, do it again. Don't forget you can catch our flagship show, Coffee Break with Carlos Michael, the video blog on Saturdays. For more information, please visit our website at www.icoffeebreakwithcarlosmichael.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast or any of our Coffee Break products available on YouTube, Spotify, or Anchor. Have a great day. Adios.